Hey, what is up, guys? Today's episode is brought to you by the incredible sponsors of the program, ChemicalFreeBody.com. If health and wellness is a priority for you, then check out the incredible products over at ChemicalFreeBody. Plant-based nutritional supplements from Super Greens, my favorite, with all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, and micronutrients in just one single scoop. Toss it in your glass of water, your shake, your smoothie, however you want to do it. They also have other incredible products, gut detoxers, anti-inflammatories, immune boosters, and so much more. ChemicalFreeBody.com and check out that promo code, it's me, all one word, it's me for discounts at your checkout. And look, we have so many different insurance policies in our life. And if the last couple years has taught you anything, it taught me that storable food needs to be on that list. Prepare with itsme.com, the incredible products over at My Patriot Supply. They have four-week supply of food, three-month supply, all products with up to a 25-year shelf life. Have the peace of mind, ladies and gentlemen, of having storable food and have that supply on deck. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And uh, if you have, you know, shaving needs like nice chrome domes like me, SkullShaver.com is a whole new concept in face and head shaving. The products offered over there include men's head shavers, face shavers, hair clippers, and trimmers. And ladies, we haven't forgot about you with the butterfly kiss. And we also have a large selection of accessories to make your life that much more simple. All of the shavers come with uh, removable, washable blades made of premium Japanese stainless steel to ensure flawless results. It just makes it so much easier. You can get your shaving done anytime, anywhere, in or out of the shower. It gets no better. Skullshaver.com, front slash discount, front slash it's me. All of the links to these incredible products will be in the description of this episode. So without further delay, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen, another episode for the archives. Oh, it's me speaking to you, Jeffrey Wilson, riding shotgun with you. And I'm so stoked to talk to this gentleman. I met this man, what was it? Um, God, it was a few years ago. Penthouse Panels, an event that my man Chris Maltzberger and Mike Burnson used to put on up in Chicago at the penthouse of the Gentleman's Cooperative. And uh, we had a chance to chop it up. And we're back here to do a little bit more fuller conversation. He stays busy. He is the El Jefe, the creator, founder, CEO of Billy Bob Products. BillyBobProducts.com, Billy Bob Teeth. BillyBobProducts.com is where you can go find all the stuff that he's got. And there's plenty. And not only want to talk about, you know, the success of his business, but, you know, the fact that he's reaped so many incredible benefits from the success of his business. And we're going to get into it. And that will include his pet black bear named Nibbles. But don't let me get too ahead of myself. Jonah White, how are we doing today, sir? I'm hanging in there like a hair on a biscuit today, Jeff, and that's barely <laughs> hanging in there, but I'm hanging in strong. Well, that's all we can do, man, and as as we have this conversation, not to get started out too dark, you know, peace and condolences to all the people who have been affected by the crazy stuff that's still going on in New York right now, a shooting. So count your blessings, ladies and gentlemen, count your blessings. Um, Like I said, bro, you have a very, very successful company in you know, like I said, we can get into how successful it has become, what you've been able to do with it. But I've always been fascinated by people who do really cool stuff like you're doing. Where did this start? Where did the where was the seed planted for Billy Bob products? And I'm sure many people have seen these. I mean, these teeth and all the different products you offer. They're a little bit of everywhere now. But when did this bug bite you and when was the seed planted, my friend? Oh, man, you ask these tough questions. <laughs> so, well, to start. My mom and my dad met in jail in Cheyenne, Wyoming, uh, at, 
at an Air Force missile base, they got arrested doing, doing a peaceful protest, 1958, August. And um, they, it, you know, protests back then aren't like a protest now. No. And uh, this is actually peaceful, what they were doing. And, um, but anyway, um, they met and I was created about, uh, what, 11 years later. And um, I just kind of grew up in this, in this alternate lifestyle. Um, my parents lived on Indian reservations. My dad went to reservation school in Oklahoma. And, you know, my idols growing up were Native Americans mostly. And, uh, you know, I grew up, you know, obviously I look in the mirror and I see a white person. But at night, I close my eyes and I see, you know, something different. Not that I'm ashamed to be white because I'm not. I think everyone needs to be proud of themselves. Yes. And what and, and I think everybody needs to be proud of what their forefathers went through to give them the life they have right now. And people tend to want to forget about that. But but I grew up, you know, I grew up kind of wanting to do things differently and wanting, you know, all the people are doing it this way. I want to do it this way. And I think it kind of, you know, to circle back to your question, I think it comes from the upbringing that I had. You know, my, my parents were, were very resourceful in a lot of ways and in other ways, not so much or actually not any. And um, they had incredible strengths and incredible weaknesses. And I, I grew up kind of watching them, you know, saying, man, that's awesome. This is incredible. We're, you know, we're, we caught a frog and we're eating it for dinner. <laughs> and, and then other times I would be like, you know, uh, I don't, when I grow up, I don't want to do things this way. <clears throat> I was always questioning. I think that's a, a, a good trait that I have that, I don't know where I got it from because my parents, they questioned things a lot, uh, but they didn't question themselves a lot. And, um, and they, my parents took themselves very seriously. And I, I tend to not do that quite so much. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a hybrid, you know, I've, I've, I've had to adapt and with very, very little. And, um, and, uh, you know, I mean, like, you know, people that, then, the TV show Survivor is like a big hit, you know, but that's kind of the way I've been going through my whole life. You know, I've always <laughs> had to like end up somewhere with nothing and figure out how to make it. Or, you know, they, you know, they say, I say Survivor. I had a TV show on Discovery Channel and my show came out the same time. Um, um, I'm thinking of Naked and Afraid, actually. My TV show came out the same time that one did. And so uh, they were always talking to me about Naked and Afraid. Because the, the some of the same producers and showrunners mm. I had work on that show. Well, I've, I've, anyway, actually, I've had the pleasure of interviewing uh, Les Stroud, who stars in Survivor Man. He kind of started that, and he, I, uh -huh. I've always found that fascinating at the way he can just make miracles out of just the limited things. I mean, I, that's where I first learned about what a lean-to was. Because, like, I mean, it's just amazing what people yeah. could do being resourceful, like you said. Well, it's funny because I don't watch TV. I have my own TV show <laughs> on for over a year, and. There was many episodes I didn't even, I never even saw. I worked so hard on, I worked, I worked so hard on creating these episodes, I should say. But, um, but honestly, I actually know who Les, that guy is you just mentioned, and and he's one of the few that I thought this guy's the real deal. Um, I, I, 
I like the way he speaks. I like the way he sees things. I've actually broke that guy down in my head to think, why is he successful? And his approach to, you know, what he's doing. And um, I think I did that before I had my TV show, kind of studying what other people were doing and what was making them successful. When he kind of blew the lid off, to, off the whole, because he was one of the OGs that wasn't doing kind of like canned scenes. Whereas, not to mention yes. any names, but there's a lot of shows out there. And I've worked in, you know, TV and production. So a lot of reality shows, the last thing they are is real. And he used to get a lot of flack from yeah. executive producers and producers because he wouldn't, wouldn't can stuff. He's like, no, I'm going to go out there with me, myself, my camera, and bring you back some, some yeah. hot, hot heat. Yes. Yeah, no, he, he was real. And Hollywood doesn't like that word. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They make a lot of money off it, but deep down they don't like it at all. Yeah. So, yeah, that's me, Jeffrey. You know, uh, what, what uh, I, uh, I'm probably the only guy you've, you've had on your show that, that, you know, chose to live in a cave for a while and, you know, started a company. And, you know, I make, I make products and sell products. And well, I've always been a fan things. of that, Jonah. People who, I mean, the road less traveled is that way for a reason. And I think you did pick up a yeah. lot of your your critical thinking, your contrarian thinking from your parents and just going against the grain. And, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with that, man. That's, yeah. you know, fortune favors the bold. And you clearly, in order to do what you've done, you've had to, you know, step out of the box and do it, you know, Frank Sinatra style your way. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something interesting that, that your, your listeners might get a kick out of. I've invented several hundred different things that I've actually brought to market now. You know, people can say I'm an inventor and I've invented whatever and I'm an entrepreneur, but maybe only one out of 500 of these people has actually made something and brought it to market. And then the mortality rate goes down way, way more even that they actually were financially, you know, survivable with this item. And it, you know, and they made money from it and they kept going. But, but anyway, the funnel gets really small. But anyway, I forever... I've always wanted to do my own thing. And I, when I would invent things, I would, you know, when I break an item down and invent it, I figure out, you know, what's the market for this? Who do I think would be the person to buy this? Mm. How much would they pay for this? When would they buy it? What time of the year? What sort of stores would sell this? And what kind of, what would distribution look like? And then what would manufacturing look like of this thing? Am I a good company to make this or not? Or do I have good sources for this? And then what's it going to cost for me to make this thing? And then what am I going to sell this thing for? And then in the end, is this thing going to be commercially viable or not? Mm. And, and and if it is, about what's the upside? Like, like how many units could I sell if I did a good job? How many items would I sell if I did an okay job? If I failed, how much would I do? I kind of, you know, I have a, like a, thought process that I break down everything that comes down my way that I'm thinking about doing or not. And um, I've always, I've always, of the hundreds and hundreds of items I've done for the most part, everything is things I've created or my best friend created. He, you know, the, my, my company's named Billy Bob Products that comes from Billy Bob Teeth. And I didn't actually invent the teeth. My best friend did in dental school in 1990. 1993 is when oh, he invented them. Right, I remember you told me that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't actually invent them. Everybody thinks because I'm the owner of the company, I invented them. I didn't. He invented them, and I talked him into making the thing into an item that we would sell. And at the time, I was living at home with my parents' house. So I had graduated college just a little over a year before this, and I didn't even have a car. You know, my net worth was $400 when I started the company with my best friend. But anyway. 
I since that that day, I've I've invented myself hundreds of items, got lots and lots of patents, and and I've created all these things that are like, wow, nobody's ever seen something like this before. This this really interests me, and that's been kind of my template of my company. Mm. And you know, the difficult part of this, you know, nothing's perfect. The difficult part of this is, is that when I'm showing buyers, it goes over their head most of the time because they're like, man, we we don't buy anything like this. Well, well, no kidding. I just, I got a patent on it, right? I invented this. <laughs> this whole new category, you know? And buyers are typically scared to be an innovator. They want to mm -hmm. imitate. They want to, yes. they want to do what everybody else is doing, just, you know, 50 cents cheaper. So um, they don't have much guts and they don't last very long typically. But anyway, so for over 20 years, Almost 100% of the things that I've done, I've created myself and invented and brought to market. And then I, I go to trade shows and go meet buyers and I fly all over the world and sell stuff everywhere and figure out the right factory to make it for me. And I have my own shipping department here in Illinois. But anyway, I just came up with an idea. Like, I mean, just I mean, last weekend in Las Vegas with a friend of mine. I was attending a I was attending a trade show, and a friend of mine in business came up with an idea, and I'm not going to tell you about the idea and go into all of that, but he came up with this idea, and I spun it real quick in my head, about five seconds. I I figured out a better way to make this thing work than what he had envisioned, a cheaper, better, easier way to merchandise it, higher price point, and um. I, in real time, like I, as I'm in the car with him, I messaged my, my in-house person that does all my R&D, does my graphics and vendor compliance and testing and all this, my, my smart, one of my smart guys that I have that works for me. I told him what it was and, and asked him to look up to see if a trademark for it was available because I, I, there's a really good name for it. And so he looked it up and the trademark there was one registered for it and it had been abandoned in 2003 and somebody made this exact same item or several people probably years gone by and they abandoned it because they, they failed. And you know what, Jeff, it, it got me excited because I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go against my own template. I'm mm -hmm. going to step out of the company. I'm going to make an item that somebody else has already failed at making. Or two or three companies have failed at making it. I'm going to make it. Hmm. And so I'm throwing my hat in the ring where others have failed. I kind of, I don't know, it's kind of proven it to myself. It's, uh, it's kind of neat sometimes to step out of your comfort zone, even though my comfort zone's always been to do something no one else had ever done before, right. which is not comfortable for 99% of the population. So it's kind of good to test yourself. It's kind of good to put yourself in uncharted waters. Uh, it's kind of a little hardship is good you know, to prove yourself, you know, your worth and how good you are. And anyway, so I'm doing that right now with another item. So I've got, literally, I've got one of my sales girls right to my left right now, about 20 feet from me. She's been trying to source the item in the U.S. I spoke to another manufacturer. I mean, I've got real boots on the ground researching this, this item. But anyway... I think, well, I mean, not to cut down, but I think, I think that's huge. That's hugely important because I don't look at, and you could, people could call things a failure or, you know, a mistake. I mean, and what you did is you jumped, they, they look at it as a failure and they swung the white flag and they were done. 
that was an opportunity yeah. to learn from you. What did they do wrong so you could make it successful? And obviously you're still in the process of it, but I think that's a huge thing with yeah. not just business, anything. Nothing's a failure. Nothing's yeah. a mistake. It's just an opportunity to learn. Yeah, yeah it is. And, you know, um, and the reality is, is that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a crystal ball. You know, I'm set up so much better than what they were Whoever these people were, I don't know who they were, that failed at trying to do the exact same thing that I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm sure I have better resources. I'm sure I have better connections. I'm sure I'm going to do a much better job of merchandising and promoting and showing it to the right customers. I'm sure I'm going to do these things. Right. But the reality is, is I'm trying something purposefully that someone else has already <laughs> failed at. And, mm. and probably multiple companies have failed at it. And, um, and where... In years gone, in 10 years ago, me, myself, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I would have said, no, somebody else already tried that. It, it, that's, that's not what I do. That's not my template. Mm -hmm. I invent things that no one else has done. And I, and I would have passed at this, I, at this opportunity on to other things. And I'm not saying that that's wrong or right. I'm just saying that's the way it was. Right. But the reality is that I've kind of changed as a business owner. And I'm actually kind of excited to go after something. And when I start getting purchase orders for this item, I'm going to feel like I, I climbed a mountain that other people failed on. So, so it's, it's, you know, even more of achievement for me. So for sure. Yeah. So that's a real struggle that I'm doing right now in real, in real time. So yeah, I literally have people in the same room. I'm sitting here talking to you actually they're listening to me right now. They're sourcing <laughs> this, this, Right now, I, I have to. I'm trying to find multiple manufacturers in the U.S. that can make it for me and see who the best one is to try to do it with. Well, that's another point too, man. I mean, it very rarely is something like this done by yourself. What, if you don't mind, just speak to this: how important the assembly of the right team is to do something like you've done. Well, you know, um, I mean, I've been involved in business for 25 years, something like this, and you know the. You know, the first, you know, person I recruited to work for me was my mother, you know. So, like, <laughs> That's you awesome. know, uh, yeah, it is. She was my CFO, and she could type, and she had a computer, and she had a printer. And, I mean, with and without that, I mean, my company wouldn't have made it. wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have existed. So, it's, it, it all, you know, I didn't go to, you know, I didn't go get venture capital money. Not that that was an option. It wasn't. And I'd get you know, a whole bunch of people to lend me a million dollars and then go do it the right way, the, you know, that college teaches to do it. And I didn't, you know, I would not have made it through the second season had I tried that way. I'm confident. I mean, it, it as it was, it took me three years to get a credit card terminal so I could even accept credit cards. I mean, it was a very tough road that I have. I mean, I started the business in my parents' log cabin um, about three miles from where I'm talking to you on the phone right now. So, it, uh, you know, it's... Uh, when you, you know, people always tell me, or they don't, you know, people say, well, weren't you, weren't you afraid of failing when you started? And, you know, to be honest, I never, it even, never even crossed my mind failing, but, but in years gone by afterwards, I thought about that when the more and more people would ask me. And, you know, like I said, I literally, I started the company at $400 and I go to a bar and one night with my buddy, and I could sell two hundred dollars worth of Billy Bob teeth, and I could increase my net worth by fifty percent in one night <laughs> at, awesome. at at the Rusty's Bar in, in Edwardsville. So I mean, it's like 
you know, how do you fail when you can increase your net worth on it on average night? Like, yeah. how does that lead to failure? You know, and, um, you know, I mean, my mom was my CFO. How do you fail? Like, I, my venture capital money was me selling my 45 Smith and Wesson and, and for $400. You know, that was my startup capital. It was actually, it was actually a Springfield Armory. Sorry about that. Well, no, and I, I can only imagine, you know, it's never smooth sailing. You know, there's no overnight successes. And I can only imagine you kind of alluded to them, the, the amount of obstacles and the honestly, the opportunities to quit or like, oh, this is too much that you've had to go through. But obviously, there's a certain level of resilience and perseverance you have to have to do what you've done. So there's no shortage of obstacles you've overcome, obviously. No, but that's why it works, because I've been through the tough times and then, you know, it's when it gets easy, it gets easy, you know? I mean, I mean, uh, the market right now is so easy, you know? I mean, it's there's more money now than there's ever been. If if you're still in business, I mean, it's you're in tall cotton here as far as business goes. Well, and I don't know if you exactly have a brick and mortar, but I mean, obviously the last couple of years with COVID and everything, everybody's buying online, and that's a lot of, the, a lot of what the service you provide. You can get all these products online. Um, yeah, but... I sell, I sell to over 5,000, probably 6,000 brick-and-mortar stores right now. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Yeah. It's just you sell to the brick-and-mortar stores that don't get shut down. Right, right. And so, that's... You know, you know um, I mean, my company, I have, I have... You don't understand. I'm not your typical business owner. Like, I started this company, and I didn't plan for a plan B. Like, I didn't plan. <laughs> and I was living in a cave... I was living in an actual cave. Like Les Stroud would have been proud of me if he just saw how I started my business. Like, I literally was living in a cave when I started it, and um, and my, you know, my thoughts at night looking into the fire was always uh, when it gets hot, when it gets tough and hard. You know, what do I do? And I'm saying this when I'm starting a business of four hundred dollars. You know, it was already you know? hard. I, yeah, well, it didn't seem like it to me, but I was looking at like the worst case scenario, and I've gone through worst case scenarios a couple times here. Um, but the reality is, is that you need to you need to be prepared for the worst, that you don't get let down. And you know, if you're smart, not that I'm smart, but I think a lot, and I I try a lot of things. Uh, I make mistakes, but I learn from them. I don't know that that's smart. That's just survival, I guess. You know. Um, but you you know you uh you prepare yourself for hardship and you embrace it and then when it ever gets easy my god this is so easy well these other people they think it's going to be easy all the time yeah and then they 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 make these these promises and they borrow this money and they do these things and and if it's not easy lo and behold my god they're in you know they're wanting to shoot themselves or jump off a cliff yeah and um so I don't know. So much of it's planning and just trying to, you know, there's, like I said, there's no easy answers out there. Everything's all encompassing. You know, one, everything's connected. One thing leads to the other, which leads to the other. And, you For know, sure. our country doesn't, these people don't understand it. They, they think that, they think that everything is so simple and one dimensional and it's not only maybe 50% of what they're looking at is actually one dimensional. Everything else is two or three dimensions. And, the stuff that's really important is like four or five, and these people don't think past two. Yeah, and they don't. Number three exists, you know, 
and uh, it's insane. It, people are so stupid. They don't understand. Everything's connected. That, that, you know, if your foot hurts, it might not be a problem with your foot. It might be a problem with your lower back. Right. But they don't, they can't, they can't re- grasp that concept. Mm. Well, it's the same thing with your business. Your business is just like your foot. You know, you have a problem with supply chains. Well, it might not be your factory. It might be these other things, you know, you, right. when you really down and look at it. So, well, and like you said, hindsight, like, you know, like you said, you didn't start out planning, you know, you didn't start out with a plan B, but through trial and error and hindsight's 2020, you recognize that you got a plan for yeah. contingencies. That's essential. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Well, and yep. you, you've done, and I, I, <laughs> I literally mean this. I totally somewhat live vicariously through you through, and I'll, I'll put all the links to like your Facebook and how to follow you online. You know, you, you've done really well for yourself and you have a, I would have to say a compound. It's somewhere in Illinois, right? Isn't it? Uh, Cal- yeah, I'm in the Western part of the estate. I'm right between the Illinois and the Mississippi river. So you, you really, um, you have to, you have to cross ferries to get over here to where i live there's only one bridge that comes over here and i'm very well fortified you know i've i'm i'm ready for you know i'm ready i mean i I call it my obama 401k i'm ready for anything and it's it's absolutely beautiful and it's you know for people who are very um into nature camping etc you would love what jonah's got going on and so, and I guess you kind of answered this, you know, with a lot of your roots, a lot of your growing up being kind of fused through the life, you know, and being uh, connected to Native American and, and really loving nature and being a part of nature. I guess in, in, in addition to that, you have like, I don't know if you remember Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. You've got some Marlon Perkins out there on your compound. You've got wolves, you've got yeah. bison, you, I think you had a wallaby that didn't make it not too long ago. And you have yeah. a, however many pound very large black bear pet black bear named nibbles talk to us about the assembly of all of these animals that you have brother well um they don't all come up once you know right right so, right, right. Uh, you know it starts with one rescue and then leads to another and then leads to another so um you know my 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 bear started with um some poachers in Tennessee shot her family and she was in a little wire cage and she was getting ready to get fed to the dogs. When a friend of mine who knew I would take her, um, uh, hornswaggled her uh, away from these poachers at a gas station where he was getting gas and they were getting gas next to him. And how old was and Nibbles at the time when this went Nibbles down? Nibbles at the time was, you know, I'm going to say she was probably two weeks old, maybe. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and the real sad thing is, Jeff, is that she had two brothers that were in another wire cage, and and he wasn't able to save them, and they they were fed to these this oh, hunters' dogs, geez. probably within half an hour. So it's, it's it you know, um, but anyhow, um, I've had her for going on seven years, no, going on eight years. I think she's eight years old now. So she's weigh you know she weighs about five to six hundred pounds. <laughs> She's a female. She's a female black bear, and um, yeah, she's a you know she's a she. There's the that's the, uh, the front door. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so uh, yeah, she's lives in my backyard. I've got a uh, ten rescued wolves, uh, also in some big enclosures. Got a couple acres fenced off uh, behind my house, and 
Uh, the wolves are pretty amazing. You know, they howl every night. It's it's a, quite a wild time at my place, let me tell you. <laughs> yes. We don't have uh, the Jehovah's Witness don't stick around really long. <laughs> you got to get there first. You got to get through the, like you said, the, yeah. the drawbridge and the moat. You know what I mean? You guys... Oh, yeah. I got it all. Well, yeah, and... I'm, I'm, ready. I'm ready for anarchy. Well, yes, you are, my friend. You absolutely are. You've got, you've got, you know, you've got Thunderdome going on out there without the without the madness right now. But, and I hate to, <clears throat> I don't want to like speak things into reality if that's how it happens. But I, I, I'm assuming you've thought about this. You've got some pretty hardcore animals out there, and specifically nibbles. I remember I texted you or something a message and something about what she was doing, and you're like, she thinks I'm her dad. Like, is there any? <sighs> Do you have to always like people who work with like tigers or lions? There's always that just keeping your head on a swivel moment. You're still dealing with oh, a bear. Oh, I'm telling you, 100. percent Okay. I mean, you have kids, Jeff? I do. I do. Okay. Are they teenagers? Uh, 24 and 14. So I'm in the midst of a teenager right now. I survived okay. one of them, but I'm I'm back down to yes. do it again. So, when you survive a human teenager. You know, usually you come out of that unscathed, right? You know, yeah. maybe you had a call or two to the state's attorney, something like this. <laughs> Shaved know. a few years off my but, life, but yeah. That, you know, yeah, your insurance got canceled. Not a big deal. There's other insurance companies out there, you know. Um, anyway, when when Nibbles is in her teenage years right now, and right now this teenager doesn't like her dad very much. Hmm. So she's going through that same ugly phase that human beings go through. And uh, so... What does that look like? Obviously, with a child, uh, with a well, human. She, she's... I don't know. You know, I've had... I've raised four kids. And, um, you know, they all go through this stage where, you know, first they love their parents and they're cuddly and they're affectionate and they crawl over yeah. you. And then they, yeah. they go through a kind of an indifferent phase. And then they go through a phase where you're not really cool. And then they go through a phase where they just don't like you. But your kids, and, but your kids can't eat your face off, right? Like no, they can't. There's a, that's exactly the point I'm making, Jeffrey. You know, <laughs> you survived it, right? Yeah. And I'm just saying that you you have to treat it a little differently when it's a five six hundred pound bear. You know, mm. so I um I was just actually I was just feeding her some apples right before I had to come back to the office for this for this call with you, and you know she's. You know, she's she's angry at me. You know, she's unhappy with me. And I, I think it's sad because I think a lot of it is is that, you know, she she wants me to live with her in her cage. You yeah. know, and, and I'm not. I, I live in a house with with other human beings. And I think that there's like this resentment from her. Is there um, any jealousy that, because of the other animals that you give? Oh, for sure. I'm, Tonka? She's a, she's, she's a woman. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. So... Um, is there anything I mean, like with a, I mean, I'm, with a teenage, it's just par for the course, whether it's an animal or a human, is there any, like I said, you just have to keep your head on a swivel. Cause is there, is there anything you can really do to mitigate that behavior? No, you just have to spend time with her and you have to, it's kind of like, you know, it's like with your little human kids. You yeah. Know? Yeah. They decide when they want to be your friend. You can't make <laughs> them be anything they don't want to be. That's so, so fascinating. It has to be their idea and they have to decide. And if you try to, if, if 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 you force them into liking you, it doesn't last really long. And like I said, that doesn't work really well when you're talking about a five, six hundred pound bear. So interesting. You know, I, I don't I until she got to be about five years old, I would wrestle her every day. I would you know, I would throw her around 
uh, once she got about 300 pounds, you know, no longer could I, no longer could I really throw her around. It was about, about 300 pounds, um, which she's almost twice that now. But um, you just have to really be, you know, you know, we only get one ticket, so I'm not going to lose my ticket in a cage with, with a, with a bear, you know? Right, right. And that to her and me, you know? Have you, so, I mean, you obviously know what you're doing. Have you had people, neighbors, or just people who are aware of your situation? Like, hey, dude, what are you, what are you doing? You got to, you know what I mean? Trying to almost admonish you, thinking you. I have, I have some people that I do business with um, that follow me on social media. And they, they say, you know, hey, get my order out before you crawl in there. And then we'll see what, you know, and that, you know. It's not funny, then, but it's you know, funny. It's not funny, but it's kind of funny. Yeah. And it was nearly not a joke, but it, it is kind of a joke, but really not. So, um, so anyway, you know, it's, um, you know, animals are, are beautiful. They don't know what they are. You know, they, 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 they're innocent. Um, I like animals a lot more than people. And, um, you know, I have to have a job and I have to work and I'm a human being and I have to be able to support them because, yeah. it, you know, it, it probably... You know, it probably costs a better part of fifty thousand dollars a year to take care of these animals of mine. Um, but, but it's therapy for me. I need it. I need it in my soul. Right. And uh, they're 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 wonderful, beautiful creatures. And you know, not all of our animals are rescued, but a lot of them are. And a, a lot of these animals that I have they would not be on this earth right now mm. if it wasn't. Well, it's very interesting, and, too, you know, the animal-child relationship. You know, oftentimes we think as parents we're the ones doing all the teaching to our kids, but oftentimes our kids teach us a lot of stuff, patience, et cetera, et cetera. And I can only imagine, like you said, how therapeutic that would be to be to have that connection oh, with such wild animals, with such so animals. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's so – I mean, I, I, I literally I need it. You know, when I'm gone at trade shows, I'll be gone for a week sometimes. And by the end, I'm just thinking about my animals all the time. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, um, yeah, I've got kids. I've got a wife. I've got a family that misses me. And um, and that's what I do. But animals are like this therapy. It's like you're starting to miss your therapist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't have to pay this one, you know? I just right. Have to feed it. You just have to say you just got to drop 50K a year to feed it. 100%. Yeah. Well, that's really cool, man. And again, I thank you so much for your time. Well, you know, no one has a crystal ball, but where do you see the where do you see yourself, the company? Where do you guys see yourselves in the next five, ten years? Just keep st- slow and steady, and just how you're doing now. Or you got some big plans up your sleeve? What's the future hold for you guys? Um, well, business wise, I'm I'm my company is still metamorphosizing. I'm I'm um. Uh, about, I don't know, about 12 years ago, uh, my, my company shifted and I, I was a, you know, my company was a diehard novelty, fun, jokey gag gift company, Hmm. uh, like many of them are. And, you know, it was about the time when it was about the time when Obama was in office and, you know, he was telling everybody that they shouldn't be working so hard and, they should be getting stuff for free. And, you know, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of division that started at that time in this country. And I knew it wasn't going, this is not a racial thing I'm saying. It's a business thing I'm saying. 
none of that leads to like a good place, you know? Right. And I, I, I knew that there was a lot of money being made from this division and the government was going to keep doing this, you know, not pointing finger at anybody, just the government. I divide and, and control, man. It's been a thing for a very yes, long time. And, and, and when people make less money because they don't work and everything is expensive, um, they don't travel. And when they don't travel, these souvenir shops take it on the chin. And when the souvenir stops, shops take it on the chin, they stop paying the people that they buy their stuff from. You know, I kind of saw all this writing on the wall that this, this, that this sector of the market was very vulnerable to this kind of political change that was mm. getting ready to take place. And really, over the last 10 years, has just really changed the dynamics of the, of the country. So I decided, you know about 12 years ago that I was going to change the focus of this company and the direction of it. And I was going to start focusing on utilitarian products that people had to buy, not mm. fun products that people could go to a souvenir shop at, you know, wherever they were going on vacation um, and getting, but items that people had to buy because it made their life better or easier or it solved the problem that they had. Right. So, I've completely changed, and um, my items that I'm investing in for the last, oh gosh, probably solid eight years, all these items solve problems and make your life better. And they go to different customers than than the previous ones that, that supported this, this my company for almost 20 years. My biggest companies that I sold to, I don't even sell to them anymore. Uh, I've completely you know, change the direction. So, so that's a lot of what I'm doing. Um, you know, as it, it, as far as like five years from now till today, what is the what does the company look like? I think it's very it's going to be very similar to what I am right now. I don't want to grow a whole lot, but there's all this all this growth potential sitting right in front of me. Yeah. And just the way I, my mind is, I I'll be damned if I'm not going to grab some of it. Yeah, there's um, no sense and, capping yourself, right? Well, you have to sometimes, you know, um, I'm the largest employer in my little county here in Illinois. This county only has 5,000 people in it. It's about 50 miles long. And it, uh, it, um, I, I get very, very good employees and really, really awesome, high-quality employees, but there's not a big wealth of people to hire, to choose from, to hire, to run your business. And you need some levels of skill to grow businesses to you know pass certain plateaus for sure in your workforce so you know i don't know i don't know how much i can grow just from a manpower state you know standpoint yeah um, that i'm makes adding sense. about six thousand foot to my warehouse right now i like that as we speak uh because of two more product lines i'm taking on and i don't have the space for them um but i don't know you know um at some point i need to be content with the items that I'm doing and, and, uh, not, you know, try to hold, pull the reins back from expanding. I've, I've launched four new, I'm launching four new products in the last, you know, year, year and a half, which wow. is a lot for us. Yeah. Yeah. I guess overextending, you know, at, with the whole, uh, retooling, if you will, and creating, like you said, more utilitarian products, obviously the business is expanding, but there is, like you said, gotta be, a certain limit or a plateau so you're not overextending you know your resources to be able to accommodate the expansion yeah yeah it's there's a strategic thing you need to know when you're when you're reaching your potential or when you're in your sweet spot 
And if you try to do too much, you know, I know this, I'll fail if I if I attempt to do too much. I failed before in business, and it was always when I tried to do too much. Mm. And I couldn't do a good job at the things I was doing. And I knew I could fail like anybody else. Well, like you said, through the trial and error and been doing it long enough, it sounds like you found your, your stride and you're in your sweet spot. Um, I, you know, I, I wish you nothing but more success, but I think, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I haven't talked with you more so in depth. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot to you, man, a lot going on and it's more, there's more to, you you know, more than meets the eye, like transformers, man. It's more than just the business. Like you, you're, you're very connected to what you do. And, you know, like you say, your animals, I, I think it's really cool, man. You're a really cool cat, man. Yep. Well, I appreciate it. Well, Every shout out. Is Yes, and another day in paradise, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out any, in addition to BillyBobProducts.com, shout out anywhere where they can follow you, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you might want to throw something out. Yeah, um, Instagram, Facebook. What's that? Nibbles the Bear. Uh, Nibbles the Bear is on uh, Instagram. Nibbles has an uh, Instagram page. And then uh, FlyLid.com is my new product line for fly control fly-lid.com I'm being told by the smart people in my office there we here. go we'll add it to the description uh, of the yep. video here yep yep well and uh yeah well again man thank you so much for your time I know you know the day is probably still early for you even though it is winding down it's I know you still has a lot have a lot to do Emily if you're listening thank you so much for helping facilitate this this conversation over there Billy Bob so much absolutely well jonah white thank you again so much for your time my friend i'd love to catch up with you man a few months down the line see how everything's are going see how the, the expansion's going see how the new products are going and just see what you see you're up to brother all right you take care all right you too thank you guys so much it's been a pleasure peace and so much love respect